That's right, living a life of prayer. And I believe that this is what God wants us to do. He wants us to live a life that is pleasing to Him and live a life of prayer because this is going to please Him and is going to glorify Him. So I just want to encourage you with some text today. First and foremost, we're having a look at um, a number of texts here uh, in the New Testament. And uh, it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Pray without ceasing. Okay, pray without ceasing. And uh, also in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18, it says, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. So this is something that God wants us to do. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, always praying for all of the church, all of the saints, all of the time. God wants us to live a life of prayer. I've got a great story for you this morning, and uh, it's taken from um, uh, 1856. It's quite an interesting story. We had a woman, an English woman, who went over to Northern Ireland by the name of Mrs. Colville, she uh, went to visit Northern Ireland. It was during a season uh, where the church was really struggling in Northern Ireland and uh, people were not going to prayer meetings. They weren't attending church very much. There was a real spiritual valley experience, a real darkness in Northern Ireland. And uh, this English woman uh, called Mrs. Colville came to Ballymena from Gateshead uh, in England because she said... She had time and money to spend for God. Isn't that a great testimony? She had time and money to spend for God. So she came to Northern Ireland and she started uh, doing a house-to-house -house visitation to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. And she stayed for about six months going from door to door telling people about the Lord. And uh, she began this program of house-to-house -house visitation with the view to winning souls. In November, uh, she returned back to Gateshead, and she returned to England in low spirits. She felt that her work was pointless. She felt like she had failed the Lord. She felt like she hadn't done anything pleasing to the Lord. And as far as she was concerned, she had not got any fruit at all. And uh, so after the six months or so that she'd been in Ballymena, she'd done a lot of work, a lot of doors, a lot of visitation. And just before she left, um, she went to visit um, a particular lady called Miss Brown. Miss Brown lived in Mill Street in Ballymena, and she went uh, to call on her house. And when she arrived there, she found two other ladies present, as well as a young man called James McQuilkin. And she spoke to them about the Lord. She encouraged them to be born again, to have a personal experience with Jesus Christ. And uh, she shared the word of God with them. And shortly after that, she left to go back to Gateshead in England. And when she went back to England, she felt that her time had been very unfruitful, that she had wasted her time and that had not been pleasing to the Lord. Unbeknown to her, James McQuilkin, who was a young man, had been listening to the message. He'd been listening to what she was saying about a personal experience with God, having an encounter with Jesus Christ, having his sins washed away. And he was profoundly affected by the words that she spoke. 
And shortly after this, he became a Christian and gave his life to God. Well, he went back to his hometown, which is just about five miles, uh, home, hometown or village actually it was, in Kells near Balamina, about five miles away. And he started a prayer meeting. And he started meeting with some of his friends. And soon uh, they had about 50 people meeting in that prayer meeting. And little by little, they began to pray for their friends to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And one by one, all of his friends, a lot of his friends began to come to the Lord. And the number just grew and grew. Well, this was all the result of uh, this, this Mrs. Colville from England coming and sharing the Word of God with him. Well, God began to move in those prayer meetings. And uh, God began to move in that whole area. And uh, shortly after this, in 1859, bearing in mind that she had been in, in visiting Northern Ireland in the spring of 1856, a, a massive revival broke out in Northern Ireland. A revival that swept over the whole of Northern Ireland. That people say that 100,000 100, people were swept into the kingdom of God. Isn't that incredible? Thinking that your work is unfruitful and suddenly... God does a miracle. He, he plants a seed in a young man. James McQuilkin became probably one of the greatest leaders of the 1859 Northern Ireland Revival because a seed was sown in his life by an English woman who went to see somebody else. Isn't it incredible how God works? He does miracles beyond our comprehension. She was faithful to minister the word of God. She was faithful going from house to house. Sometimes don't we feel that our work is so fruitless. Sometimes we feel that our work is just pointless. Maybe even in this season we feel that nothing much is happen happening. Friends, God is working silently in the shadows. As long as we are faithful and keep preaching the word and keep praying, this young man started a prayer meeting in his village. And soon there were 50, prayer meet, 50 people gathering at this prayer meeting. And God began to add to their number on one occasion when they met for church. Bearing in mind, this is a tiny village. There were about 3,000 people gathered for church on Sunday morning. And the church was too full. They had to go out onto the streets. And men and women were falling down under the power of God, falling down on the streets, even though the streets were full of mud, and even though it was pouring with rain, they didn't care. They were crying out for God to save them. And I spoke to the Presbyterian minister uh, when I visited Kells some, uh, some time ago, and he told me that before the revival, there were 109 prayer meetings happening in that small area. Isn't that incredible? Never be discouraged by what seems not to be happening through your prayers. God is working through the prayers of the church. And God wants us to pray, pray, pray. That's right. He, he said in his word that Jesus said men ought always to pray. That is men and women, boys and girls. We ought always to pray and not give up because you could be on the verge of a mighty miracle. You could be on the verge of God bringing revival into your community. You could be on the verge of God doing some amazing miracle or some breakthrough in your life. So friends, do not give up. 
Jesus taught us how to pray. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. That's exactly what prayer does. Jesus is teaching us how to pray. Isn't it amazing that the disciples didn't say, Lord, teach us how to fast? Lord, teach us how to preach? Lord, teach us how to do miracles? They didn't ask Him, to our knowledge, for any of those things. But they're asking Him, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Friends, we have got to pray for God to do miracles in our world and prayer is the vehicle that God uses to bring heaven down to earth. This is a precious jewel that God has given us. This is a highly valuable jewel, this gift of prayer that God has given us. Jesus said men ought always to pray. We should pray all the time. If I were to say to you this morning, I want you to breathe without ceasing. You would probably laugh at me this morning. Well, we can't breathe and not, you know, we cannot just do without breathing. Of course, we have to breathe without ceasing. Well, it's the same in the Christian life. If we do not breathe, if we do not pray, if we do not pray, it should be our breath. We will not grow stronger. We will not develop in our Christian life. We will not grow into the people that God wants us to be. So we are to pray always, as he says, to pray without ceasing. If you cease to breathe, you're going to cease. God wants you to keep on breathing, and he wants you to keep on praying. Prayer is the vehicle that brings heaven down to earth. Prayer is the gift that God has given us to unlock the blessings of heaven to come down onto earth. And God has given this gift to every Christian. He wants every one of us to use the keys of the kingdom, the keys of prayer, so we can unlock heaven's blessings to come upon our lives, come upon our families, come upon our marriages, come upon our churches, come upon our communities. Prayer changes things, friends. It transforms communities. This young man, James McQuilkin, he just heard the message about Jesus Christ. He just heard the message about coming into a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. He was profoundly affected by the words from Mrs. Colville and he gave his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And God brought a massive revival. Just think if that woman from England had never come to Northern Ireland, would there have ever been a revival? I don't know, maybe not. But thank God, James McQuilkin heard the word they started the prayer meetings and every revival we've ever seen on the planet has come through prayer. God moves mightily through prayer. And God wants us to be breathing prayer just like we're breathing air. Breathing prayer, Jesus said, to pray without ceasing. The Word of God says pray without ceasing. Also, we read here in Matthew chapter 6 and Colossians 4 verse 2. Colossians 4 verse 2 says, Devote yourselves to prayer. And Matthew, Jesus says, When you pray, go into your room. I love what Catherine Kuhlman says. She says, I bring my closet with me. When I go on to the airplane, I'm praying. When I'm in the car, 
I'm praying. When I walk down the road, I'm praying. My life is prayer. God wants our lives to be filled with the spirit of prayer. And prayer will bring tremendous change into your life. I thank God for my church in Zimbabwe as a young Christian getting up at half past five or five o'clock in the morning, getting on my bicycle, cycling to the church from Belvedere to Avondale and to the church living word tabernacle and going to the church there, going to the prayer meeting which they had every morning. I thank God for the opportunity of going to the prayer meeting from six o'clock until half past seven. Some of my friends uh, who were there, Patrick and Sean and Jackie Corbett and others, many others. I thank God for Pastor Paul Rass, who was the, the pastor of the church there, who encouraged us to pray. And we would pray every morning from uh, six o'clock until half past seven. I thank God for that church, which taught me how to pray. And friends, this is one of the things why people don't pray. pray because they find prayer is boring. Can you imagine that Jesus would say, guys, this is going to be boring for you. This is going to be hard work, but you're just going to have to do it anyway. You know, that is not what the Word of God teaches. Jesus said in Isaiah, or rather the Word of God says, in Isaiah 56 verse 7, it says, My house shall be a house of prayer for all nations, and I will give them joy in the house of prayer. Prayer was ne never meant to be a boring thing. Prayer was never meant to be so stifled and so boring that you just don't want to do it. Prayer is an exciting place for the Christian to go because things happen when you pray. Things happen when you pray. You know, some people say, you know, I love to go to the movies. And other people are like, well, I just love to go for a good meal. And other people say, I love to go to the seaside. I love to go to Alton Towers, you know, this fun place where they got all these, these rides and it's exciting and exhilarating. Some people love to go to Disney World or Disneyland. They say, oh, we can't wait, we're so excited. Friends, there is a place more exciting than these places. It's called the place of prayer. Prayer is the most exciting place I go to. Because in prayer, you meet God. In prayer, you fellowship with the Holy Spirit. In prayer, you make a connection with the Father. Because Hebrews 4 verse 16 says, Let us come to the throne of grace, so that we can receive mercy and grace in our time of need. God calls us into His throne room. Praise God. He invites us in to his very throne room. Isn't that awesome? He invites you to come every day. He says, come into my presence. Come through this gift of prayer. Come, call on my name. Sing songs of praise. Come into my presence with singing. Come and worship me. Come into my presence. He invites us, but we don't come. We've just got too many other more important things to do. And we miss out on the presence of God. Yet he invites us to come. As, as the book of James says, if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Isn't that a wonderful promise from the word of God? As we draw near to the Lord, 
He is going to draw near to you. God invites us every day. He neither slumbers nor sleeps. God is not sleeping. The Bible says his ears are attentive to your prayers. That's good news, friends. God is listening to your prayers. Your prayers are going to change the atmosphere. Your prayers are going to change your community. Your prayers are going to change your family. Prayer is a weapon against Satan. Prayer is a shield for the soul. Prayer is a sacrifice to God. And there is no doubt that sometimes prayer is hard work. And as Andrew Murray from South Africa said, when you get down to pray, there's a thousand hungry lions that are trying to stop you praying because God knows when you get into his presence, you're going to be filled with joy. You're going to be filled with fire. You're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you're going to do damage to the kingdom of Satan. And you're going to be powerfully used by the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, who is our perfect example? Well, it's Jesus, isn't it? He taught us how to pray. And the disciples said, Jesus, teach us. Just how, how do we do this? We want to connect with the Father, just like you are. And we read here in the Bible that Jesus went up on the mountainside. The story is found in Luke chapter 9. I think it's around about verse 28. And he goes up to the mountain. And he takes Peter, James, and John. And they go up there to pray. Now listen to what happens. When he's praying, this is what happens. There is a transfiguration. His face begins to shine. His clothes are like lightning. Suddenly, there's an encounter with the Father. There's, a, there's an encounter with God Almighty. Right on top of that mountain, Jesus meets with the Father. And there are the disciples. They're witnessing this. It's the transfiguration. There is Moses and Elijah talking to Jesus and the disciples are just like, wow, this is awesome. What an experience. And Jesus said to them, don't tell anybody about this experience. This is an incredible experience. Don't tell anybody about it. There are some things God doesn't want you to share until the right time. But there, Jesus' face is changed. His clothes are like lightning. He's shining like the sun. When you pray, you come into the presence of God. Something is going to spark in your spirit. Something is going to happen in the heavenlies. Something is going to shift and move in your life. God is going to use the prayers of the saints. And the Bible says that the prayers of the saints are ascending up into heaven. I remember reading and listening to the story about this man whom God took to heaven. He says, as I was going up to heaven, there were all these things flying past me. And he said to the angel, what are these things? And he says, those, my friend, are the prayers of the saints. Your prayers are ascending. And, and the Bible says that our prayers are like incense rising to the throne. And God captures those prayers in golden bowls and they are precious to the Lord. The prayers of the saints. Jesus said you should pray without ceasing. You should pray in the spirit on all occasions. Your life should be filled with prayer. Jesus is encouraging us to connect with him in this place of prayer. And things happen, my friends, when we pray. Things happen. Things begin to shift. Things begin to move. And so prayer is the vehicle that we are able to use to get into the throne room of God. Let us use this amazing 
vehicle that God has given us. On another occasion, we read here about Jesus in Luke chapter 6. I'm going to read these few verses together. So this is Luke chapter 6, and I'm going to read from verse 12. So one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the whole night praying to God. Just stop there for a minute. Here is Jesus, the Son of God. He is God, but He's the Son of God and He's a human being. But He has to pray the whole night. Who is He praying to? He's praying to His Father. He spent the whole night praying to God. Now listen what happens after He spent the night praying to God. When morning came, He called His disciples to Him and chose twelve of them whom He also designated apostles. And then it lists all the names of them. And then it says, verse, um, verse 17, He went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of His disciples was there and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem and from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear Him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by evil spirits were cured. And all the people tried to touch Him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Isn't that incredible what a night of prayer can do? Jesus spends the night praying. Have you ever tried that? It's a real taxing thing on the body. But Jesus spends the night praying to the Father. Then in the morning he comes down from the mountain. He chooses his 12 disciples whom he appointed apostles. He heals all the sick. He casts out the devils. And then he preaches the Beatitudes on the mountain. All after a night of prayer. You see how powerful prayer is. You see how the devil is always trying to distract us from praying. Man ought always to pray and not give up. So keep on praying. You might be on the verge of a breakthrough. God is listening to your prayers and God is answering your prayers with awesome deeds of righteousness. God is doing amazing things through prayer. In South Korea, in Yonggi Cho's church, they have approximately 11,000 people every month come to faith in Christ. Isn't that incredible? 11,000 people every month. And yet, when Yonggi Cho goes to Japan, they see very little fruit for their labor. And he describes Japan as being a spiritual stronghold for the enemy. But there's been so much prayer in South Korea. The Koreans regularly get up in the morning and pray for one or two hours before they go to work. And the, the 20 largest churches in the world, I am told, are in South Korea. There's been so much prayer for the nation. About 30 to 40% are Christian now. There's just been so much prayer that the atmosphere has changed. It's easy to become a Christian. Whereas in Japan, it's harder to become a Christian. Because of the spiritual darkness that is over Japan. And I know that South Korea are praying for Japan. And there's a lot of prayer into Japan. That God will move mightily in that nation. Friends, God has given us this gift to use it. For the glory of God. It is a sword. 
It is a powerful weapon that God has given us to defeat our enemies. We are able to defeat our enemies with the power of prayer. God has given this prayer as a sacrifice to the Father. It's a sacrifice. Every time you pray, Jesus taught us how to pray. Our Father who is in heaven. That's who we pray to. We pray to the Father and we pray to him in the name of Jesus. In John chapter 14, Jesus said, you can ask anything in my name and I will do it for you. I'm not going to ask for 12 Rolls Royces. I don't need 12 Rolls Royces. I don't even need one Rolls Royce because they're too expensive to run. You know, it's too big for my driveway. You know, we need to ask God what we need. God will do exceedingly, abundantly above what you're asking. He will give an abundance to you. He will provide for you. He will give you what you need. Just pray to the Father in the name of Jesus and never give up praying. Now here's the other thing about prayer. Is that we should always pray in faith. Amen. Faith moves mountains. There's no point in me praying for three hours if I'm not going to mix it with faith. I have to mix everything with faith. In, in the New Testament it says that the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So I am to use faith as a vehicle as well. God has given us the gift of faith. He's given us the spirit of faith. He's given us this wonderful gift of faith and we can mix it with prayer. And when we pray, we pray in faith. When we live, we live by faith. When we pray, we're praying to the Father in faith that He's going to move, that He's going to do miracles in your life, in your family, in your school, in your situation. Through prayer, the Apostle Paul, he was preaching and there was a young man sitting on the windowsill and he fell, I think it was two or three stories, and when he hit the ground, he died. And the Apostle Paul ran downstairs, prayed over him, and God raised him up. You see what prayer can do. Prayer can do awesome things. Prayer can become a joyful place, and it can become a place of renewal and refreshing. Just ask God to revolutionize your prayer life. That it won't be boring anymore, but there'll be a it'll be a place of great joy. Another occasion, we see that that the the uh, the authorities in Jerusalem have decided they killed James. And now they've taken Peter, because it pleased the Jews, and they've taken Peter, the apostle, they put him in prison, and they surround him with 16 soldiers, four by four sets of soldiers, 16 soldiers. And it tells us that the church, in Acts chapter 12, the church was earnestly praying to God for his release. And suddenly an angel tapped. Peter on the shoulder and he looked up and he said yes he said come with me put on your clothes put on your shoes and come with me as soon as he got up the chains on his wrist fell, fell off read it in Acts chapter 12 and the, the, the angel took him through to the gate the gate opened up automatically by itself and he was free to go and he went to the house where they were praying 
And he arrived there and they were all earnestly praying to God for his release. And when he got to the door, the servant girl ran back inside. They said, Peter is at the door. They said, it's impossible. <laughs> for with man, things are impossible. With God, all things are possible. All things are possible. Great Britain was under the siege of the Nazis. They were far superior in size and in number. And the potential was to defeat Great Britain. But the king called for a day of prayer. There were two days of prayer. King George called for two days of prayer. And praise God, the enemy was defeated. God does miracles when you pray. God moves mountains when you pray. God does outstanding things when you pray in the name of Jesus. So you are to use your faith and use this amazing gift that God has given you to pray for mountains to be removed from your life, for obstacles to be broken down from your life, to obstacles to be broken down in, in our community or broken down in the government so that God will bless our leaders and all obstacles will be removed and that his kingdom will come in. So when we are praying, we're praying, Lord, let your kingdom come down to earth. Let your will be done in the earth. Let heaven come to earth. Let your kingdom come into my heart. What is the kingdom of God? It's righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. So we are to pray and pull the kingdom down through prayer. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let these people be healed. As Jesus was on the mountainside, it says that power was coming out of him. The Holy Spirit power that he had received from the Father on the mountain was coming out of him. Having spent the night in prayer, there's power coming out of Jesus and says healing all the sick people and delivering them from demons. Yes, there are evil spirits still in our, work, in our world today. Many people need to be delivered and many people need to be healed. It says all the people that touched him were healed. Everybody who touched Jesus was healed. And you can be healed today, my friend, by touching Jesus and asking him to save you and to heal your body and do amazing things in your life. Open up your heart and say, Lord, I need you today. Lord Jesus, heal me. Lord, Lord, I'm an alcoholic. I need to be delivered. Lord, I'm a drug addict. I need to be delivered. Lord, I'm a sex addict. Lord, I am bound with sin. Set me free, Jesus. Deliver me from Satan and sin and death and hell. Jesus will set you free. He is the God who delivers who, who heals the people. He healed all of them. He delivered all those who had mental health problems. He healed all those who were afflicted in their mind. All the people who had evil spirits and afflictions. What does it say here? It says here in Luke chapter 6 that um, they had come to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by evil spirits were cured and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming out from him and healing them all. Praise God for the power of Jesus is still moving through the church today. 
The power of Jesus is still moving through your life today. The power of Jesus Christ is still manifesting through the church. He is the head of the body. And we are the body of Christ. And his power is still flowing through your hands. It's still flowing through your mouth. He is flowing through the church of the living God. As we looked last week, I think it was in Ephesians 3 verse 10, that God's, God's wisdom, his manifold wisdom, should be manifest to the principalities and powers. God's intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities, to the principalities and powers, that his power would be made known through his healing and through his deliverance in setting people free. Jesus is still alive today. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His power is sufficient for every one of your needs. Praise God. The Lord Jesus is still on the throne. His power is still available for the church. And friends, sometimes we just receive it not because we just don't ask for it. God has got an abundance in heaven. The Bible says that the streets are paved with gold. There are beautiful mountains. There are beautiful places, mansions in heaven. God has got an abundance. And he wants to bring some of that abundance to the earth. And we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, do miracles. Father, do great things in our community. Lord, change people's lives. Change their mindset. Set them free from wrong thinking. Lord, remove all this negative thinking. Because Jesus came to preach a gospel that was good news. Jesus didn't come to preach a gospel that was bad news. It was good news. And what we preach must be good news. Good news for all the people. It says that the poor people heard him gladly. But the religious people didn't want to hear what he had to say. They wanted to shut him down. They wanted to crucify him. But the poor people, praise God. Those who are humble in spirit, the Bible says, I will crown the humble with salvation. God opposes the proud. He opposes the arrogant. He opposes the proud religious leaders. But he gives grace to the humble. And that's exactly what he does. He gives salvation to the humble. And if we come humbling to him today and say, Lord, I humble myself before you. I will receive mercy. As he says in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. God wants to heal Great Britain. He wants to heal this community and turn the people back to God. But friends, it's going to start with prayer. It's going to start by you asking the Father, Father, revive me. As he says in the Psalms, will you not revive us again? Psalm 85, I think it's verse 6. Will you not revive us again, O God, that your people may rejoice in you? And there is joy in the house of prayer. Ask God to revive you today and to quicken you through the Holy Spirit to give you a fresh vision of Jesus, to give you a fresh vision of your future because you have a great future in Jesus Christ. You have a great ministry in Jesus Christ. It's not by power. It's not by might. It's by my Spirit, says the Lord. We don't do anything in our own strength. But through the Lord Jesus Christ, we can do all things. The church can do all things. It's time for the church, this great army of God, to arise and shine 
and be victorious for Jesus and declare the wonders of God. And declare the wonders of him who called us out of darkness into his glorious light so that you could shine for him. And the Bible says, don't hide your light under a bushel. It's time that you showed your light to the world and showed the people the love of God and the light of God. Shine your light for all to see. Let them see your good deeds. Let them see that you're a child of God. Don't hide who you are. Don't go to some monastery and hide away like a monk. Shine your light. Get out amongst the people. Let God's love, let God's light be shared abroad in our communities so that his love will draw them and into the kingdom of God so that they too will see the Lord and know the Lord. Jesus said in John 14, in my Father's house are many mansions. It's amazing to me that God wants everybody to be in heaven, but not everybody wants to go. It's crazy, isn't it? You know, Jesus said, in my Father's house there's many mansions. God is not willing that anybody should perish. God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. Hell wasn't prepared for man. It was prepared for the devil and his fallen angels. God doesn't want us to go to a lost eternity. He wants us to go to heaven. And prayer is going to change things. And do you, do you know that you cannot be born again without a prayer? That you have to say, Father, forgive me. Come into my life and make me new on the inside. You can't even be saved without a prayer. Isn't that incredible that we can pray and be saved? And all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can be saved, friend, if you're not a Christian. You can be saved. You will be saved if you, if you invite him into your life. You can be born again. And you can be on your way to heaven. And the, one of the greatest things we can rejoice in is that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Because the Bible says, if your name, anybody whose name was not written in the Lamb's book of life, they were thrown into the lake of fire. God does not want you to be in the lake of fire. He wants you to be in heaven, worshipping Him, adoring Him, and to come into His kingdom, and to love the Lord with all your heart with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Friends, it's time to come into the kingdom. It's time to get on fire for Jesus. As he says in the Psalms, my ministers are flames of fire. God wants you to be a flame of fire. Jesus was a flame of fire. All that power and fire was coming out of him, healing all the people. May there be a revolution of healing. May there be a manifestation of healing in our communities. God would heal all the people and deliver all the people from the afflictions that the enemy has put on them. Our God is an awesome God. He can do anything. He says, even before you call, I'm going to answer you. But he still wants us to call. He wants us to, to have a free phone to heaven. We've got a, a hotline to heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus, do amazing things in my life. Lord, give me a great day today. Let me be filled with joy today. Lord, let's see miracles all around us. Let's see the power of God in our community. Lord, change lives, change mindsets. Lord, do amazing, incredible things. God is going to answer us with awesome deeds of righteousness. God wants to change your life, change your thinking, and set you free 
so that you can walk with Jesus in a place of victory. And there is no doubt about it that God has designed us all for victory, not for defeat, not for depression, not for discouragement, not for disillusionment, but to be positive in His presence and to love Him and receive the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray today that you would know Jesus Christ and the power of His resurrection power. That resurrection power that, that caused Jesus to rise from the dead. That same power dwells in you. Christian brother, sister, Christian friend. That resurrection power of Jesus is flowing in you. You've just got to let it out. And I finish on this illustration. Some years ago, Robert Slearden was preaching and uh, God said to him, I can't get out of these people. And there was a group of Christian people who's ministry. And God wants to come out and manifest his gifts and manifest his love and manifest his joy. He wants to come out through the love and the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and show his glory to the world. So be a part of what God is wanting to do. We are the kingdom of God. We are the army of God. We are in this glorious kingdom. Let his light shine in your community. Declare the wonders of God. Speak the wonders of God over your life. Pray, pray, pray. Always pray and not give up. You have the power of God at your disposal. When you pray, friends, things happen. Step out in faith. Let the Lord use you and be blessed and anointed with His presence and His power, which is available through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. He's going to pray for you this morning. Father, I just thank you for everyone listening to the sound of my voice. Lord, I pray that you'll meet with us today in a significant way, that you will pour out your Spirit you pour out your blessings, Lord. You will overtake us. And all these blessings will overtake us. Your presence will overtake us, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus, do exceptional things in our lives. Do incredible things in our lives. Surprise us with joy. Surprise us with your presence. Surprise us with the things you're going to do, Lord, in and through your church. Lord, give us that expectancy. Give us that faith to believe. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that anyone who's struggling with depression or heaviness or affliction, that you set them free now in the name of Jesus Christ. If there are any, Father, who are afflicted, you will release them in the name of Jesus. Bring healing to all who are listening. Set us free in Jesus' name. Bring your power, Lord. Bring your healing touch, Lord. Bring salvation to those who are listening who don't know you, Father. May they open their heart right now and say, Lord Jesus, I receive you as Lord and Savior. Forgive all my sins, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart and forgive me and cleanse me and make me a child of God. Father, I pray for anyone who's made that prayer today that you will encounter them and touch them, Father in a wonderful way. I pray these things, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Praise God.